welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast featuring top business leaders. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle, the author of Write Your Book in a Flash. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Dr. Karen Wilson-Stark. How are you today, Dr. Karen? Oh, I'm doing just great, Dan. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Why don't you tell people a little about more about you and what you are a doctor of? Yes, I'm a doctor of clinical psychology, and I actually work with corporate business leaders because what I'm passionate about is partnering with those executive business leaders to create an easier, simpler, more profitable business. So my company is Trans Leadership Incorporated, and I bring lots of experience, including being an active duty Army officer to the table as well. Oh, well, great. Thank you for your service. Uh, I, I love working with, with military people and former military people. I've done, interviewed a, a number of, uh, of, of your uh, veteran colleagues, and they've always been fantastic, fantastic standout interviews. So I'm sure. Uh, so I set the bar high. <laughs> yes, you did. That's great. <laughs> and I'm sure you'll jump over the bar quite easily. Thank you. Why don't you tell us about your book and why you decided to write a book? Sure. My book is called Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. And I wrote that book because the bottom line, when you think about executives, they have to first look at their own leadership journey. What are they doing to lead themselves first? So the book is really some vignettes and pieces of my history, what I've learned on my leadership journey and I'm modeling what my clients can also extract from their leadership journey to share with their people. Because one of the bottom line points of the book is that you are the instrument of your leadership. So you really do have to understand how to tune up and get ready to play what I call the music that only you can play. So that starts with a little bit of self-examination. Fantastic. I'm glad you brought that up because I've worked with a number of clients on their memoirs and they found it very difficult, almost painful, to write about their their earlier lives and their difficulties and how they overcame them. I'm curious, um, what tips would you have for someone to talk about their experiences? Well, I think one of the ways you have to think about it is that every experience is really there as a teacher for you. And so as you think back on it, you want to extract, what did I learn? Because even going through great difficulty, you learn some perseverance, you learn some grit, and the, you learn that you have the ability to get through tough times. And I know when I'm working with executives, they have to face tough situations every day. So for me to be able to demonstrate stories from my own life where I've had to overcome or to do something challenging, it's just, uh, it says this guy knows how to lead me over that mountain as well. So think about them as teachers more than something painful, horrible, or embarrassing. What's the lesson? That's a fantastic reframe. Thank you very much. I think people have gotten everything they need just from listening to that one comment. So I can't wait to hear what other tips you have. Um, let's let's talk about that. When you have your own personal experience, people can you can learn from that. How do you relate that experience so that other people can see themselves in your story? 
Oh, I love that question. You know, there are a number of stories um, in my book. Let me let me select one just to give maybe as an example. When I was in the Army, we have in the military what's called the physical training test, the PT test. And you have to run a few miles, you have to do all these things under certain time limits and so on and so forth. And most military people run very, very fast right out of the starting gate because there's a lot of adrenaline, there's a lot of tension. I knew that running was not my biggest sport. It wasn't my strong suit. And that if I started that way, I'd probably get a cramp and not finish the two miles. So I had to block them out, not pay attention to what they were doing, and do what I call run your own race. And because I would start slower, I might be the last one out of the starting block. However, I would gradually increase speed, increase speed, till eventually I'd be passing people who started out faster than me at the beginning. So the point is, you've got to do what works for you, given your talents, your gifts, your strengths, and how you are wired. And sometimes that can mean blocking out what other people are doing so that you can do that. So when I give these examples in my book and these stories, I also include thought questions for the reader so that they begin to apply it to their own life and begin to think about what did they learn from that or where have they had a similar experience that they can also leverage. Fantastic. I love the way you you actually use those questions. What have you learned? How can you leverage that? Are there any other thought questions that you use? And and I ask this very greedily because I coach one of my clients. I'm doing this exact exercise today and uh, I was running short of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my, isn't that interesting? Well, I mean, the questions kind of come out of whatever the topic was that we covered in that particular you know, chapter. So for example, there's another story where I talk about the fact that we had four feet of snow. It was my husband's birthday. My in-laws were here. He was retiring uh, from the military. And I had 75 people coming to my house for a retirement party the next day. I had downsized all the food out of the refrigerator because the party was catered. And so now we've got this huge blizzard, no food in the house. I've got guests, my in-laws. What am I going to do? So I talk about looking in the closets and finding food that you normally would overlook and not see. And I call that blizzard food. (laughs) It's there, but normally you don't pay attention to it. Normally you're not focused on it. And if you look in the closet in the refrigerator, you say, there's nothing in here. We have no food. So one of the questions for that chapter would be, what blizzard food have I found in my life? What gourmet food was I able to create with the blizzard food? Because I'll tell you, I cooked great meals for my husband and in-laws over the next few days until we were able to get out. (laughs) You're very creative. I love that. Uh, Let's (laughs) talk about the creative process. Where do you come up with your ideas and how do you work them into instructional tidbits or instructional lessons for your readers? Well, as I said, in, in my case with my book, I just... I went to certain moments in my life that were signature moments for me. And because they were signature moments for me, I knew I could extract out of those stories some example that others could relate to or be inspired by. And then with the thought questions, they could then go on their own journey at the same time. So it's not just about me. It's also about them. And I also would give examples of how I might have used a concept with a client. So they get both my story, the application to them, 
and how I take that leadership lesson and use it with a client. That, that's a great sandwich. I, I love how that all fits together. And I've used that for my clients as well, because it's one thing to have uh, to interview a person who's done amazing, wonderful things. One of my clients is one, was one of the first uh, uh, female pilots in, in the Navy. And mm. that's wonderful, but not many people can relate to being a female pilot or a pilot. And so, like, well, what does that have to do with my life? We have to find that intersection where it it means something to people because it's like, oh, great. We admire her. She's fantastic. She's superwoman. But I work in an office. What does that mean to me? And uh, mm-hmm. it, it can be an interesting, creative challenge. And we usually do find that bridge where you can make that example come to life and see that and see that see how people are doing their own daily heroics. And it's really kind of neat when you find that intersection. So thank you for those examples. Um, what pro- it sounds like writing comes very easy to you. And uh, I'm wondering, were there any difficulties? Were there things you had to overcome or things you would have done differently now that you look back on your book? Well, actually, let me let me get the record straight. I wouldn't say that writing comes easily. I much prefer talking, you know, than to actually do writing. Now, I can write. Obviously, I had to write a dissertation. I had to write a master's thesis, uh, you know, and so on. So I can write, but it's not my preferred mode of communication. And so one of the things I had to do was to take the the pain out of it. Pain for me would be something that drags on forever and just is in my way. And as a busy consultant, I'm, I'm on the road all the time. I'm always traveling to client locations going coast to coast. So I was very, very busy. So I did two things. I signed up for a conference because I hate technology and the technology part, meaning I need help with that. So I signed up for this conference where if you had your book written, you you came to the conference and you got help for how to upload it on Amazon, how to do all of those things that normally I'm horrible at. So that meant I had to have the book finished by that date. So that was sort of like my externally superimposed deadline And then I wrote everywhere, on airplanes, in airports, in hotels and lobbies, you know, before different events. And the the good news, I knew it was time limited. I wasn't going to be doing this for years and years and forever. And that's what really allowed me to power through it and to get it done. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, Some of my clients and prospects don't write books because they're afraid of the imposter syndrome or perfectionism. Do you have any tips for them? Being a psychologist, I think you'd, uh, you'd, be, you'd really know the whole field of literature on that. So could you boil down a few ideas for us? You know, when I think about the imposter syndrome, I think that there are some false beliefs behind it mm-hmm. that really affect people. So for example, you might think whether it's going into a new job or whether it's writing a book, that you have to know everything about that new endeavor before you start it. Now, the truth and the reality is, yes, you have to have some experience and some preparation, which most people actually have. And then you realize as you're stepping into this new endeavor, there's also a learning curve. So some people think I'm an imposter if I don't know it all already at the beginning. So that's the first false belief. The second false belief that I see a lot is to believe that you have to know everything. 
So let's say an executive gets promoted into the next level executive position. Yes, it's going to be a stretch. Yes, it's a learning curve. They don't have to know everything, even in that chair. What they have to realize is who to build around them that, you know, has that expertise. So in your book, no, you don't have to know everything, but what, how can you leverage what you do know and you share that another book could build on the next level or the next step. So you don't have to know everything, just certain things. And then the third thing I would say, people have to remind themselves that they add value to others already in every day. In other words, you have some kind of gift, you have some kind of ability or superpower. And most people that I see minimize the value of their superpower. And let's say if you're a bird, well, you know, flying's easy because you're a bird, right? <laughs> yeah, so you don't think that's any big deal. But the fish might think that's rather impressive because the fish, for the fish, swimming is easy. And the bird says, well, I could never swim. So I think <laughs> when we are easily doing something that's our talent, we minimize the value and importance of it. And again, that feeds into the imposter syndrome. So to get out of all of this, you have to tell yourself, I have something to give, something to offer that's valuable. I'm already helping people with that today. I don't have to know everything. And even what I do know, I can share that and continue to learn and grow. Fantastic. You're such a great speaker. I, I'd love to hear you speak in person. I hope you have something online that I can watch either on YouTube or your website, because I love the way you, you illustrate and you paint your stories with word pictures. Um, you are a masterful storyteller. Oh, that's wonderful, because here's what I would say to your audience. <laughs> they can actually join me on my podcast which is the voice of leadership. Listen to me there and certainly on my website, which is www.transleadership.com. I do have some videos and other materials and shortly we'll be coming out with a television segment that's called Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. And that's going to be on Amazon Fire and Roku through the Raven International TV Network. Wow, fantastic. I wasn't expecting a plug there, but this was more of a fan letter from me. So uh, I'm glad we killed two birds with one stone. <laughs> right. uh, speaking about marketing, let, let's shift over to marketing for a few minutes. Uh, we have a few minutes left. Um, how do you use your book in marketing to get new clients? Well, I do promote it on my podcast and on my social media channels. I also uh, share the book with clients and with prospects. And, and one of the reasons for that part is since I think I work very closely with my clients in a partnership and it's important for them to get to know me, who I am, how I think, how I operate, how I work. And the book gives them a little bit of insight about that. Um, great. Let's get drill down a little bit more on how you actually work with a prospect and your book. Uh, what are the, how, what are the steps involved? Do you mail it to them? Do you see them face-to-face? Are these at networking meetings? Or, you know, can you walk us through that process, please? Let me start with maybe um, existing clients. Mm -hmm. Very often, I'm working with them to create, let's say, high-performance teams and to do some team development. And when I come in, those teams may be polarized from one another. They're, they're overworked. They're not talking. They're making errors, costly mistakes. They're having to do rework, 
all of these kind of scenarios. And I actually will give them the book and assign them some things to read. And I also will assign them even uh, podcasts that I put out again. So they have pictures and examples of their next step. And then we'll follow up later. How does that help you with marketing? What do you mean by how does it help me with marketing? Okay, maybe I asked the wrong question. Maybe that 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 I should have read. That that's a great answer to the question of how do you use the book with your current clients um, to mm-hmm. to get to to add more value to your client base, which is wonderful. I'm curious how you would approach a prospect with your book and how you would uh, use the book to turn them into a client. Well, some of the things I'm thinking about uh, doing as we're moving forward is actually I'm identifying some people who I think could benefit, you know, from our services. And my assistant and I are planning to send the book to some people and to talk about what we do, what we have learned about them and where we see an opportunity in an intersection and to invite a conversation about that. Great. Great. Um, and do, when you speak, uh, I assume you speak in front of groups and such. Is that correct? I do speak in okay. front of uh, groups. And um, normally in the past, I haven't really had my book to speak before uh, groups. So in the future, I will have that. And I can certainly um, do several things. One of the items I'm considering is have as part of the contract for the speaking that I actually give the book to people. Mm-hmm. And in other cases, I could be in the back of the room and I could actually sell the book. It's more valuable for me to actually make the book a book available because what I'm really interested in is more the consulting work. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, as we wrap up, do you have any final ideas on comments on how people can write their books more efficiently and effectively? Well, I would share just one other thought, and that is you can think for a long time that you're going to write a book. And what often stops people and has stopped me in the past is that I'll look at it as this big, huge, daunting task. And this puts me back in mind of when I was working on my dissertation. A dissertation is a book that has multiple chapters. If you think about it that way, you may never start. So you have to break it down into small steps and say to yourself, today I'm writing a few pages. Today I'm writing a chapter. Today I'm doing whatever the small chunk is. And I can tell you with my dissertation, I woke up one day and it was finished because I never thought about it in the big, huge hole, but in small pieces. And in doing that, you overcome even the procrastination that can get you stuck. Fantastic. Do you have any other final ideas on how to overcome procrastination? I think it's, like I said, just chunking it down. Okay. Really thinking about how to make it small pieces. Because you ask yourself this question, why am I procrastinating? I've made this daunting and big. And it's probably not as big as I think it is. How can I make it smaller? In the past, when I've procrastinated about something and I finally started doing it, uh, was it even better than I thought it would be? And the answer usually is yes, meaning doing it is actually easier 
than procrastinating over it and worrying about it, which takes more energy. <laughs> Procrastinating takes energy. <laughs> it does. It takes time and energy away from you. And you know what? While you would have worried about it for three hours, you could have done that, you know, objectionable task in one hour and been free. So I hate to say how true that is. I can certainly attest to that because uh, I worried and fretted about things when in reality I could have just finished it <laughs> all the time. Exactly. So, yes, wise advice. Thank you so much. Uh, why don't you tell our audience who your tip, who your preferred client is, and how they can work with you, and how they can find out more information about you? Sure. My preferred client would be an executive business leader who really is going through what I call growing pains. A lot of times, those growing pains are because they've been transitioning, maybe from a medium-sized company to a large-sized company, and they've got to figure out. How do they add the right people in the mix? How do they develop those teams and so on? And usually things are keeping them up at night, such as what I mentioned earlier about errors and mistakes happening, people not talking to each other and all of that. So anybody who is in that situation and who's also a values-based organization, and what I mean by that is they have a product or they have a service that they think is important to bring to the world They want to make a difference, and it matters to them how they make a difference. In other words, yes, they want to be profitable, but not at any cost. They care about their people. They're willing to invest in them, willing to to invest in the business. So if someone fits that profile, I invite them to contact me. You can go to my website, www.transleadership.com. And on the homepage, you're going to see also a free assessment that you can take. And this is a team's assessment. So you can really assess what kind of teams do I have in my organization? Where are we? Will we give ourselves like an A, B, C, D, E, or F? And you'll get some feedback. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Dr. Karen. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.